candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. Put it down with the I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. You know the drill. I'm hot and pissed and on the pill. That's good to know. That's right. This is a Riverdale <laughs> recap podcast, and we are here to talk about Chapter 51, Big Fun, by Tessa Leigh Williams, and directed by Maggie Kiley. Also known as the musical episode. Season 3's big musical extravaganza, performing... Many numbers from Heather's The Musical. Yes. Yes. Let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Wrong musical. Okay. Uh, We start full force in, and I love it. It is with Hermione banging down a script of Heather's (laughs) The Musical in front of Weatherby, Mm -hmm. saying... Basically, what the fuck? How is this musical a good idea? <laughs> Especially with with everything that goes on in our town and that happened in last year's musical. If you will, will recall, the, the curtain call was instead a grisly murder scene. And this musical deals with murder. <laughs> Lots of death. Lots of death. Why? Why are we doing this one? So in uh, Pipes Kevin mm-hmm. to defend the choice of musical. And he doesn't just defend it by talking about, you know, the the themes and how relatable it is to, to youth in crisis. It, he then launches immediately into the opening number. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. It is it is wonderful. Um, Casey Cott, you should be on Broadway. <laughs> you know, it's so hard to break in. Like, maybe if he had a contact. A, a, like a, a friend, a relative. A relative. Your brother is failing you. <laughs> failing you. Disown him. Yes, so so the the opening song of the show, the uh, the musical becomes the opening song for this episode. And he is pushing really hard to perform this uh, uh, musical that he did not want to do. He's come to terms with it. He must be terrified of Cheryl. You scared um, shitless of that girl. Well, and what I love is he starts it by leaving the principal's office and like, <laughs> follow me, everyone. Sorry, this, We're going to go on a tour. This and is a all... walk and talk now. Well, and I love that Hermione's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Fine, I'll follow you. But what? It, it's almost as though he's like supposed to be talking to them for a little bit, but singing mm-hmm. it. And then all of a sudden the backup dancers come in, yes. groove in. And I love it. And it's very unclear whether this is just... The thing that happens in musicals, people burst into song and then there's dancing for no logical reason other than that's just the way it is. Yeah. Or if they rehearsed that in order to rebut any parental complaints that came in. I don't know. Because by the end of this number, we do see they've already been rehearsing for a while. They had time. Yes. (laughs) Apparently it took Hermione a few weeks to find out that... People got cast. Yeah. But meanwhile, outside the school, Mm -hmm. this song is being divided up between all of our main characters piece by piece. So So we do know that this is happening under uh, musical logic. Yes. Which is something I really appreciate. Please go back to our our two episodes we did on on Carrie. 
There's the citation. Um, so we we go check in on Veronica during the song, is singing the section of the opening talking about waiting on the acceptance letter to college. Yes. Uh, how she's dreaming of the uh, ivy walls. A bigger and better world outside of her diner. Yes, as she, as she is bussing the table and hanging up a bouncer needed sign. <laughs> she is really running through them lately. Yeah. Archie and Josie, who are singing mm-hmm. the Life Can Be Beautiful section of the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Josie, like, and you're like, okay, Archie's trying to get some sex. Mm-hmm. And then but Josie's, not today. But not today. <laughs> Good use of song lyrics there. Yes. She turns him down. And of course, we have to go check in on Betty and Jughead. Betty is telling Jughead yes. that, that his plan is a good one, and it's so good she then explains it right back to him for our benefit as the audience. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember exactly what she said, because it was hilarious the way he's like, that's the goal for this week. <laughs> well, they, still- they are going to uh, track down where Gladys and her crew are cooking the fizzle Yes, rocks. yes. Their, their goal this week is to find the new lab. Because the goal changes week to week. <laughs> There's always a new goal. There's always um, a new episode. And and this is where we get our first uh, experience of Cole Sprouse singing. Yeah. He sings a line. He sings on screen for, as far as I know, the first time in his entire career. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And he sings, just not today. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that just just for the the ridiculousness of it, that all the hype about Jughead's going to sing this year, it was three words. I was like, is that going to be it? I I, it would be so. amazing if that was it. <laughs> That's not it. He's going to sing more. But I really thought, and I was like, oh, that was incredible. There are going to be so many people mad. Uh, we're we're crossing between all of our characters. We eventually get into school where Kevin is continuing to uh, explain the the meaning of Heather's and why it's important that they do it. Yes. He's been doing this song in school long enough for all the other characters to arrive. Yes. Veronica changes clothes. So we can do lots of uh, desk dancing. Desk dance. Kevin is some sort of music wizard because wherever he goes, people suddenly know the song and the choreo. Yes. And they're not just singing it. They're singing parts that reveal their deep insecurities. Yes. Parts that really speak to their characters, such as Fangs and Sweet Pea, asking, why'd I hit him? (laughs) And I love it. I love it so much. Uh, Hermione is still around and questions, are you all really this miserable? (laughs) She is shocked to learn that every single student is absolutely, completely miserable in their high school existence. Hermione Lodge, we've had good times, we've had bad times together, but if you want to find out what's going on with your kid and her friends' lives, I need you to watch the CW Network, Wednesdays at 7 Central. Also, does she not remember how miserable she was? (laughs) Because that's still just as bad. Well, she's somewhere around her 50th birthday, you know, The, the, the memories fade. You only remember the good times. Yeah. When you were stoned off your face in a leather corset. Well, and I love that uh, we follow this up with Kevin being like, well, no, there's Cheryl. She's floating above it all. <laughs> uh, or he, he gives some uh, commentary that she's a real mess after her breakup with Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cheryl is a 
mythic bitch. Yeah, it's uh, Veronica Sawyer's monologue about Heather Chandler interwoven with Cheryl-specific facts. Yes. Um, So we have Cheryl, uh, Betty, and Veronica in their, like, Heather's outfits. Their color-coded Power Ranger gear. And it's a nice reveal of mm-hmm. the, the trio. And uh, then then Tony comes by with the poisons. And there there's lots of making eyes at each other. There's tension. Tension. Tension's in the air. And so then, of course, we must all sing and walk through the hallway to the theater <laughs> to finish out this opening song. Because it worked so well last year. Yes. I, I think. Because everyone goes skipping down mm-hmm. the theater aisle yes. to the stage for their first official day of rehearsal. Like my hero, Troy Bolton. Yes. As you slap that water. <laughs> slap it. Slap it good, Troy. Tell it who's boss. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love you, dear. I love you, too. There's, like, one person out of there They're that knows. loving this. <laughs> Kevin uh, then greets everyone, mm-hmm. uh, welcoming them to rehearsals, even though it seems kind of like they've been rehearsing, but welcome to rehearsals. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Um, Evelyn has agreed to uh, help produce the show, but is also going to be his co-director, which um, I would like to per- point out her farm t-shirt. Yes. She uh, loves vintage teas in yes. this whole episode, but her farm one is the best. It's a gray on gray ringer with these these puffy bubble letters for the yes. farm. Very yes. good. Betty is not down with the fact that there is a co-director mm-hmm. uh, because Kevin has always done this alone. Fangs is right behind you. And what I'm the like, fuck, Betty? Fang, Fangs helped. He's eight feet off your shoulder. He was involved with this. We love assistant director Fangs. Is it because assistant director is not co-director? Co-director. That's That's the thing. Is she splitting some goddamn hairs in front of my sweet idiot child? Yes. Uh, And Kevin lets her know that, well, this is stressful. (laughs) And um, especially after last year with what happened with Midge and I could use the help. And uh, Fangs really does not want anyone talking about Mitch. No. He, this is a very sore subject for him. Mm-hmm. He's not okay with it. And he lets everyone know. We'll get into it more, but uh, Kevin feels responsible as director. Yes. That's clear. Fangs was the last person to see her alive. Yes. Other than the, the Black Hood, obviously. Where's Betty's guilt that her dad murdered Midge in front of everyone last year? <laughs> I don't know. Is this an oversight or are we supposed to take this as a sign uh, of Betty's separation from her father that that she's not going to be weighed down by his burdens? She, she has completely divested of that darkness. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Let's, let's go with that. Um, so everyone's like going around and, and reminding each other of what part they're playing. Mm-hmm. Which we have, we have uh, Josie playing Veronica, Cheryl is playing the main Heather, <laughs> Betty and Veronica are playing the other Heathers, um, Sweet Pea is playing JD, the love interest of mm-hmm. uh, Veronica, so Josie, and uh, he is not very okay with this. There There's, is more tension, more eyes. Kevin misses his relation, or not Kevin, Sweet Pea misses his relationship. You miss Kevin's relationship. I miss Kevin's relationship. Oh my God. Look, he come back. (laughs) 
uh, Reggie introduces what parts he's playing and also for like Archie and is all like, yeah, we're two single straight dudes doing theater. Slap you on the back. It is great to be a single straight dude doing theater because there's a good chance you won't be a single straight dude afterward. Hi. 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 Fancy meeting you here. Yeah. (laughs) Musicals bring people together. Boy, howdy. (laughs) You can thank a musical for us being here today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in more ways than one. (laughs) And hey, you might not be straight at the end. It's a very supportive community. It's like a family. You might might realize some things about yourself. It might be the first time you put words to the feelings you've been experiencing. Yes. What if that was going on with Reggie in this episode? How cool would that be? I, I... I think uh, Reggie doesn't really understand that, like, theater opens a lot of doors for people. Yes, and pants. And pants. And uh, everyone's very accepting. And don't lie to yourself, Reggie. (laughs) Don't lie. Man, Reggie, Archie, team up. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Come on, boys. All those abs can rub together. It'd sound like corduroy, and that's real gross. (laughs) It'd be like a washboard. I don't like that at all. And I don't know if their relationship would work because they'd be concerned too much about who's prettier. Whenever they make out shirtless, it would make the washboard sound and then Emmett Otter starts singing about (laughs) a mess of mama's barbecue. It's not good. (laughs) One other person is loving that one. Yes. We make this show for a handful of people. This is a bespoke experience. Who's the wrestling fan that the liked last week's? <laughs> so then we find out that Tony is doing the choreography. Mm-hmm. Which, and she comes strutting out with the pretty poisons. And that makes Cheryl stand up and say, what the and then title card? Cut to title card. Fastest title card in the history of the show, I think. All yes. 51 chapters. Yes. Less than 10 minutes to finally learn what that's, this show is called. That's like never happened ever. <laughs> Well, I love it because I'm like, if this is the episode where someone's tuning in for the first time and knows nothing about Riverdale, wow, Mm -hmm. they just got so much. I also appreciate that uh, everything we said they say about Heathers is everything they really say about Heathers and everything Uh you need to understand this episode. Yes. You don't need to know practically anything we said in our Heathers bonus episode. (laughs) You don't need to know the plot. You only need to know one character, Heather Chandler. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, (laughs) You just need to know it's a show, it's a movie uh, that takes a very dark look at teenage isolation and, and feelings of helplessness. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) So when we come back from commercial, we we join them in the midst of rehearsal where Evelyn is uh, leading a guided meditation as they all lay on the floor. And I suddenly had flashbacks to art school. (laughs) Because you know what? We totally did that shit. Except we had to lay on carpeting that gave people rashes. And that was an incredibly cheap art school, right? Oh, no. That was bargain basement, right? I have so much debt. That was one of those art schools that you can go for the change in your sofa, right? No. 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 (laughs) But it was the art school that had cockroaches and sofas that had questionable stains. Well, that's every school, let's be honest. You, You remember those sofas. Those sofas were an extreme. 
Yeah, I took naps on them and I didn't even go to your school. <laughs> Everyone did. And I'm somehow still alive. See, the thing was, when I was in school, the theater building was like its own world. Because if you went to any of the, like, other, like, buildings mm-hmm. and you, like, laid down on the floor for a nap, people stared at you. <laughs> they were concerned about what you were doing. Well, that's because photography, to, to just pluck one program out of thin air, not as physically intense. <laughs> I'd say there, there are no... They don't have to be in rehearsals after a full day of class. There are no 10-hour dance runs in the journalism department. So they don't understand. <laughs> you have to get naps where you can. Anyways, um, Betty is totally giving side eye while mm-hmm. laying down yes. to this guided meditation. But she's not just talking about like, you know... Feel the sand as it supports your weight or anything no she's talking about how rehearsal is a place to explore your traumas mm-hmm. and and bring out your your deepest you know whatever and like no it's not if you ever hear a director talk like evelyn you should grab your bag and walk away yeah because you know what that does that makes people lose concentration and start like channeling their trauma which means someone's probably gonna get hurt Mm-hmm. Because you lose fucking control. Also, she's not a licensed therapist. No. No, you 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 are not creating a dramatic presentation. You're creating drama, especially in this high school teenage setting. Apparently, Evelyn has studied too much method acting. Mm-hmm. But just like the Cliff's Notes and she skimmed it a bit. Yeah. None, none of the good stuff about maintaining your safety. <laughs> well, a lot of method actors forget those parts. Well, yes, and, and they should be excised. Yes. I had bruises from this dude in audition, and I told the director, and I, that dude did not get cast. Yeah, <laughs> so was like, it wasn't Good. even worth it. <laughs> there you go. So uh, then Kevin pops his head in, and he's like, okay, Betty, Veronica, and Cheryl, get your costumes on. It's time to do Candy Store. Because in this world, we do our rehearsals with full-on costuming and sets. Every single time. <laughs> It does make the timeline for for Carrie clearer retroactively. Yeah. It was apparently all happening in order. They just did so much advanced pre-production. Yeah. So so Tony gets ready to uh, teach them some moves, but Cheryl's like, oh, no, no, we no. Are, we have our own moves. While we were waiting for you to paint the set so we could do rehearsals, we came up with our own choreo. <laughs> yes. Uh, they, they bust out their choreo. While singing Candy Store. They sing most of it. I think this is the song they yeah. do the most of percentage-wise. With what I think are well, the, the PG high school safe lyrics. And, and the only one that would have been long, like, was as long was the opening. But the opening is like eight minutes. With a lot of monologues. So it does not work. It sets up a, the setting of Westerberg High, which is not the setting of this story. So yes. it's redundant and useless. Yes. They, they are performing with some uh, croquet mallets. Yes. Doing a lot of uh, choreographed moves there. Some, um, some high, upskirt high kicks. Oh, yeah. Because of course. Uh, and then Tony and the Pretty Poisons come out to have a dance battle. Yes. Choreography off. There, there's a lot of dropping low and, and, and... It's sexier dancing. There's much more butt. Cheryl's is leg. Tony's is butt. Yes. 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 Uh, and then uh, the two of them have a little bit of a, a who can sing musicals better battle. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Tony is in the vocal rehearsal for this number. Her character is not in this scene. 
Um, I do love Cheryl's, uh, when she does get a butt move, it's, it's right all up on Aunt Tony. Oh, yes. Here's my butt, girl. Check it out. I think she's aware of your butt, Cheryl. She's rather- more like, do you I, miss it? Do I you miss my butt? Here's my butt. Intimately familiar with that butt, in fact. So after this this rehearsal, mm-hmm. uh, Betty approaches Evelyn and lets her know that she knows what Evelyn's up to and that this is a recruitment drive for the farm mm-hmm. um, and her warm-up is just another farm sermon and everything screams of cult recruitment. And Evelyn's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't even heard of the farm. I got this t-shirt from a, a, a thrift store. I thought it was from a 1970s summer camp. Also, Betty, I sense distrust issues. (laughs) I sense distrust issues from the lady whose dad killed a bunch of people last year. Mm -hmm. Evelyn's also like, you know, I'm doing this to have big fun. And because of that, she stands up on a chair and lets everyone know that the farm is sponsoring an early cast party tonight. And everyone should come in costume. Mm hmm. Which, you know what, is so not allowed. You are not allowed to eat or drink anything in your fucking costume, let alone go to a party. They have a really good budget for these musicals. They can cover emergency dry cleaning. The costume person, whoever it is, is screaming. (laughs) Well, the costume person is usually Dilton, but he's dead now, so he can't complain. (laughs) Yeah. But everybody is super, super excited to go have a party at the Mass Suicide Castle. Yes. Regardless. Um, so we go check in with Jughead, who who's visiting FP, who is wearing his specs. Mm-hmm. His nice glasses. He's got his daddy glasses. I like his daddy glasses. <laughs> Everybody likes the daddy glasses. I, I like the daddy glasses. And so he's he's kind of like, so, you know, anything going on, anything over the radio? And uh, FP informs him that there have been some pharmacy break-ins and that the tent city was also ransacked and their trailer is missing. Apparently, they did move out between episodes. They, yes. they They moved, which is why FP is so blasé about his home being stolen. Not stolen from, stolen. Uh, and Jughead is not okay with this. First off, it probably means that there is a mobile drug setup going on. He, he wants to go looking for it. And uh, FP's like, it's, it's worthless. And Jughead <laughs> states, not to me, it was our home. Yeah. He's really upset. Like, yes. this is, like, very, very emotional and uh, and crushing to him. And mm-hmm. FP doesn't care about the trailer. He's moved on. I mean, it, it was just walls and floor and shitty ones at that. He's on Elm Street now. But to Jughead, it is his home. Yes, yes. It's like, I mean, it's implied that they didn't live there, like, always, but for a really long time, mm-hmm. which means it's kind of the only home he's known. Right, right. And it's where his life started to come back together. Mm-hmm. And where he had some sex with Betty. <laughs> well, that's a lot of places by yeah, now. Yeah, but that one scene with Imagine Dragons. So where he didn't have sex with Betty. But it's where it was going to keep going. Um, so Veronica goes home to change to get ready for the cast party. I don't know why she needs to change. She has her costume. Maybe she's the sensible one. Yeah. Kool-Aid stains. Jello shots don't come out. Uh, well, her parents are waiting for her. They let her know that they are separating. Hiram informs her that he's staying at the Five Seasons. Um, and he leaves. And we we find out from Hermione that he knows 
um, that she uh, sold the drugs, Mm -hmm. and he found out everything about that. And that's why he's leaving. Yes. They are separating because uh, Hermione sold the whole drug operation out from under him while he was unconscious and bedridden. Yes. Um, Veronica is devastated to hear this, though. Yes, she cannot believe that uh, her awful, broken, dysfunctional family is being formally separated. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying that the heart has to be, you know, logical. I get it. I've been there. But it's one of those things where like, dang girl, haven't you thought at least once this is a better would be a better situation? I didn't. Like I've literally been there. I, I didn't. I might have thought it would have been a better situation, personally. Are you talking about me or yours? Mine. Okay. There were times in my childhood where I was like, you know, things might be better. Yeah. 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 So uh, Hermione goes to take a bath and tells Veronica to have fun with her friends. And so she does back at the former Sisters of Quiet Mercy hellhole. We are doing some blue jello shots. (laughs) Uh, They they are, of course, performing the the big party number, Big Fun, throughout this with oddly reserved vocal performances. Like, I couldn't help but shake the idea that when they were in the recording studio... Like, there were people next door that might have called the cops if they got too loud. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it seemed, like, oddly hushed for, for a house party. I, I think it might have been oddly mixed. Maybe. Um, but Evelyn starts it off because someone's like, I wonder what your dad would say about this. And she starts off with the line about um, acting your age. Yeah. You heard the man. It's time to rage. Yes. Um, and so there is so much dancing around the Gargoyle King chamber. Yeah, I, I was like waiting for someone. House co- like, raise the roof. I really wanted someone to do a keg stand on the baptismal font. Yes. That's what I was looking out for. I wanted someone to put on, like, the skull Someone as a was hat. in a Gargoyle King costume, which seems really inappropriate. <laughs> Like, if that's a farmy, you're overplaying your hand, for yeah. one, way too early. And if that's anyone else, like, read the room. A lot of people have died. Yeah. This is, like, the best scene. One of the best scenes, though. Yeah. Even, like, with the singing and the sound being... The acting yes. in this scene. It's one of the best acted scenes. There's I would say just... it's probably the worst musical number if you were to just yeah. close your eyes and listen. But there's such wonderful character Absolutely, moments. absolutely. And, like, you look and, like, you see, like, Sweet Pea and Fangs being such, like, bros. Yes. For some God. of it. And they're just so pumped they got invited to a party. I think they really are my favorite part of the show. I love them. <laughs> they have such a goofy friendship. And so much of that stuff, like, going so back excited. all the way to, to early season two when they start showing up, is improvised between the two of them. <laughs> Which, that would make sense. Like, mm-hmm, there's just mm-hmm. wonderful little gags and, like, they're such doofy little friends. Archie dances like a dork, oh, as yes. always, yes. and I love it every yes. time. Um, Kevin has a fucking perm. <laughs> Kevin, yeah, we have to mention Kevin Kevin's looks hair like young Tom Hanks. It's incredible. Uh, he does a lot of hip action in this, like like bosom buddies, Tom Hanks. Like. Yeah, it's bizarre. So uh, Reggie uh, and Veronica get a little 
uh, they steal a moment away. Yes. And uh, then he steals all of her clothes away. But later, yes. Later, yeah. Later in this mega scene, Sweet Pea and Fangs are being broy, as we mentioned, and he's all like, "Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, you need a Jello shot, dude." Mm-hmm. And he like goes to get one, but then he sees Josie and Archie, and Sweet Pea just like the oh. breath goes out of him. Oh no. <laughs> The girl I was sort of smooching is now sort of smooching another. Um, big fun. My favorite part of it, like the song itself, is the like dang dang ding, that part. Yeah. Like I love that the part. part where they do the hand jive. Yes. Um, and so I love when like Tony and the poisons come in with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cheryl's very upset. And of course, Evelyn sees this as an opportunity to do to, the hand jive. To, to do the hand job. The, the what now? <laughs> Wow, what cut did you watch? Did, did you get to see the one where they say it's time to it's time for you to prove you're not a pussy instead of not a doorknob? Yes, and they okay. also sing my favorite song, uh, Blue Balls. Oh, it's just called Blue. Blue, whatever. It's about <laughs> balls, you guys. Um, uh, and Archie's just so proud of I don't know being at a party. He's fully reverted back to being so darn swell. He's just so swell. He loves his Letterman jacket that isn't from his school. Ever it's since great. he got back from Canada, ever since he sobered up after Canada, he's just been season one Archie. It's amazing what a shower does for you. <laughs> Is that the first shower he's had the whole <laughs> series? Is that what happened? No, because he had one, I think, when he was still like oh, with he, Grundy or well, something. Well, he, he had shower sex with Veronica when his yes. dad died. Yes, because... We haven't seen anyone bathe well, as much as we've seen. Well, die at that point, but... Check my fanfic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've, we haven't seen anyone bathe as much as we've seen Archie. Therefore, I can only assume everyone else smells awful. Yeah. Just the worst. That's why they have a lot of pool parties. <laughs> yeah. In, they, they, once in a while. In this party, they brought out like, it looked like one of those aluminum tubs for people putting huge amounts of, of beer in a tailgate. But instead, it was two people using it as a hot tub. The like thing that they baptized Allison. Oh, Yes. Alice's yeah. baptismal tank it was a metal people were thing. using yeah. as a hot tub. Yeah. I bet, were they naked? No. This is broadcast television. I mean, below the water? No, I don't think they were <laughs> naked. Yeah, Reggie and Veronica go have their uh, time away. Did they actually leave? Were they just in the bed of some farmie? I think they went back to her place because it looked like her bedroom and not, you know, the Sisters of Quiet okay. Mercy barracks. Um, well, Reggie talks about how he he didn't expect this again, mm-hmm. and but you know maybe they're meant to be together. Maybe they're end game. And Veronica's not having this no, nonsense. No, she kisses his mouth shut, <laughs> as we all want to do. Um, you simple child. So back at sisters, though, uh, Evelyn gives Kevin an organic mushroom filled brownie. Yeah, and tells him that it's transformative and to enjoy the the ride. They are farm-grown maple mushrooms. What? What the fuck? Fuck it's you. It's a drug. Fuck you. That's our new drug. There's no such thing as a maple mushroom. Maple is tree sap. Plants and fungus are completely different well, kingdoms well, of let's, life. Let's remember that the they syrup gr- industry was the, also like a drug ring. So, so is maple just code for, for intoxicants? And mushrooms are also can be drugs. Yeah, these ones specifically are yes. yeah so like not only is it like drug mushrooms she probably put some like syrup drug in there too 
Aha. Uh-huh. It's double drugged. I thought they just grew them on maple trees. No. Okay. It's double drugged. It was code words. <laughs> double She's- druggle, toil and trouble. Yes. Um, so Kevin eats it really happy. Like, oh yeah, brownie. Yes. yes, I love brownies. I will definitely take this this gift from the daughter of my new master. So uh, he eats it. And then while he's getting a drink of water down the hall, mm-hmm. he sees Midge knifed to the wall. Yes. And she suddenly looks at him from death. Yes. Uh, and we cut to commercial. Mm-hmm. Her blood is painting on the walls uh, messages like, you did this, it's your fault. Yes. Of course. But yeah, she she's pinned to the wall exactly how she was in death, except for, you know, the wall, I guess. Yeah. Kevin doesn't have a lot of luck, even in recreational drug use. No. No. It's okay, Kevin. I understand. Do you? <laughs> I mean... No, but I know I would have bad luck. I'd probably die. Just straight up die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're cool. You can trust us. We're down with what the kids are doing. Because <laughs> you've done so many drugs in your life. <laughs> you won't even take a Tylenol. Don't blame my toxic masculinity. You can be on, like, death's doorstep from the flu, and I have to shove a Dayquil down his throat. But then he complains it's too big. They're very big. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so the next day at rehearsal, Evelyn lets everyone know that it is time to take a deep dive. So everyone is going to uh, share something that they've never told anyone. Evelyn, I'm sorry. I know you're new here, but we call this game Secrets and Sins. (laughs) Just means we say something. There's a whole protocol. Yes. Kevin has apparently been waiting for this Mm -hmm. and just word vomits out that he's been haunted by Midge's Midge's ghost and he feels really guilty and everything's terrible. And Fangs concurs, but in a more metaphorical sense. He hasn't been having actual vision. He he instead has been having nightmares. Mm -hmm. And uh, Evelyn lets everyone know that, you know, these these two uh, men in in saying what they, their truths, they have found a connection. (laughs) We saw how Fangs looked at Kevin last year. They've made some connections. Yeah. So Sweet Pea decides to step forward uh, and let everyone know that it really sucked to see Archie and Josie together because, Mm -hmm. like, they had a thing, which Josie looks like she's going to freaking kill him. Yeah. And uh, Reggie's not too happy because he thinks... That Veronica knew, which is why she wanted to, to have sexy time. Have sexy time with him just because of what Archie and Josie were doing, but she didn't know. And let me just bring this back to, to saying Evelyn's a terrible director. This how is this helping? This is how not is this helping? You don't want to create tension among your cast. You're doing it wrong. But she is loving this. She calls it a breakthrough. She's so proud of them. This cast that will probably never work together again. I don't see how how they're going to come back tomorrow at three yeah. in this context. Veronica announces that her, her parents are separating. Uh, and during all of this, Jughead has just eaten some chips. <laughs> That's my some boy. Some off-brand nachos. Rather than nacho brand nachos. Yes, I love it. I love that he's just like reclining with a chip bag. It's very jugheady. <laughs> he he then puts his entire head in the bag, <laughs> pokes two holes in it, and says, "Betty, look, it's me, your dad." 
That would be bad. And now everyone's angry at everybody. Well, and isn't he supposed to be security according to that cast list? He's doing a great job. The cast list is never, never reliable. No. Don't believe the cast list. It's after rehearsal. Uh, Archie tracks down Josie in the music room. Uh, and he's all like, well, isn't it great? People know. This is great. Josie we can is be like stuffing, boyfriend and girlfriend. Josie is stuffing her bag with Twinkies and Hostess cakes. And like, hell yes, Josie. Girl is going to go eat her emotions. Or, you know, is just stealing food because she can. Like, yeah. you steal from that snack table. I'm telling you, they have an incredible budget. They have craft services in a high school musical. What the fuck? When I did Miracle Worker, they didn't even want, want to buy enough eggs where they could make fresh eggs every day for the show. <laughs> They're like, How gonna... often did those eggs wind up thrown in your mouth? Well, no, they were gonna they were gonna make like one set of eggs, mm-hmm. but it was gonna be at the start of the week mm-hmm. until they were gone. But my my prop person was like, "No, I'm making fresh eggs daily for you." <laughs> but yes, those eggs were in my mouth a lot. <laughs> the The pinnacle of that show was yeah. the the show where I um you know I was supposed to shove eggs in Helen Keller's mouth. Yes, and uh, she was supposed to spit them on my face. Yes. Well, I happened to an, have my mouth open accidentally. An incredible special effect. Uh, and so some of her egg went in my mouth, so then I spit it back at her. That was a good night. The reaction from the audience, <laughs> the groan of disgust, made us wish that that was something we could do nightly. <laughs> that we could make that work. But we did not have that talent. <laughs> it was a one in a million shot. It was... It was so good. Whenever you hear me talking about how uh, theater is a living thing, about how uh, it's really about the energy of the live audience, whenever I'm talking about why, say, I don't uh, approve of or even watch bootlegs of performances, even if I really would like to see how they stage them, it's just like philosophically, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Which that show had a lot of those fucking moments. Because you know what? When you do a 15 minute long fight scene, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. things happen. Uh, there was also when we saw the elaborate entrance of Chad Deity and like yes. the one lady like heckle his hot body. Yes. <laughs> and he had like. It was more words of encouragement. Yes. Than like, heckling. yeah, baby. <laughs> and he's like, thank you, miss. Gonna keep going. <laughs> Special moments. That was those moments. Um, so, so Josie is like, no, Archie, we got together because we were lonely. This is not something we build the rest of our lives on. He's very upset about this. Yeah. He believes in them. Yeah. So, and Reggie and Veronica are having a heart to heart in the auditorium, the empty auditorium, sitting several seats apart from each other. Yes. But the fact that they're sitting like there's two seats empty between them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. says a lot. They're, they're talking about, you know, Reggie thinks that it's a hookup just because of her parents, mm-hmm. um, a way to make her feel better. And she's like, well, you do make me feel better. Yeah, you, in, you, in my no-no place. <laughs> she implies in a, a different way as well that, <sighs> that Reggie does make her feel good as a person. We call emotionally. Reggie the Leatherman because he's multi-purpose. <laughs> That tool of his. Reggie is understanding of what's going on with her family, but he also recognizes that they shouldn't be doing this right now, that she's not in a place 
Yeah. Where this is probably a great idea. We, we go to Cheryl, who is in the bathroom, and Evelyn comes in with some very creepy music. Very, like, nah, 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 type thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, it's that, like, the film soundtrack to Heather's. The, the scene that it's leading into and many of the scenes that follow it in the subplot we're about to talk about yeah. are scored with the Heather's film soundtrack, oh, I and only, I really appreciate I've that. I've only seen Heather's once, yeah. so I don't know what the soundtrack sounds like. Um, <laughs> sounds like this. Well, it's a creepy noise, though, that would sound like it's being like a slasher film or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Appearing out of nowhere in a mirror would, would yes. cause you to make that connection. And Cheryl says, "What? what's your damage, child of the corn? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Evelyn has come in to inform Cheryl about something going on in the hallway that she might want to see, and that is Tony wearing a fully red outfit a, of a cat suit, essentially. No, it's it's separate pants and a shirt. Sure, but, but it's it's entirely it, it's practically vacuum form yes. to her all the same. Um, and Cheryl is not having this because that is her sig- signature color. She invented red. In Riverdale, she invented red. Um, And she lets Tony know that she has until the first bell on Monday to clear her traces of the halls, to mm-hmm. go to another school to get out, mm-hmm. Um, which is very Heather's. Yes. Very Heather's. And it leads directly into our next musical number, Tony Topaz performing Dead Girl Walking. Yes! I love Dead Girl Walking. Yeah. I love the reprise more. But I love it. I think our listeners are aware of that. Yes. If they listen to our other episode, yes. You only said it about eight times. It's so good. I can say things as many times as I want. You You know what I'm going to say as many times as I want? Mm -hmm. I love you. I love you too. But if you ever edit something again so it makes you take credit for a quote from Xenon, we're getting a divorce. Xenon, Warrior's equal. I love you. (laughs) Z3, raven Simone isn't in this one. That's okay. <laughs> yes, Tony uh, sings this song. Uh, she walks through the hallways, kind of making sexy moves at the lockers. Yeah, she she has a weird fixation on yes. these lockers. But uh, then she, she finds uh, some living objects of lust. Yes, she, she goes into the lounge and she... Uh, grabs peaches and cream. And sweet pea, because she's going to have a well-balanced breakfast. It is time for a threesome. <laughs> and I love that uh, sweet pea's like, what, what's going on? Then she sings sex words. And he's like, oh. oh. And so peaches and cream and sweet pea start stripping on the Af- stage. After she points them to their marks... Yes. With, like, dramatic grand point gestures. Yes. And both points have, like, whip noises. Yes. <laughs> and so they start stripping. But then we are interrupted by Cheryl singing to her about this how... This is the best. Uh, it's You she, know it's because you're beautiful. She gets the bridge of the song, which yes. is sort of a minor reprise of the, the opening. Yes. I, I love how they recontextualize some of the songs by splitting them among people. Yeah. To, to turn, you know inner conflict into interpersonal conflict or, or uh, being able to turn these specific things into more general things by, by putting them into bite-sized parts. I think that's really smart. But in this specific case, just having Madeline Petch in the room th- suddenly illuminated by a spotlight to, to bring voice to Tony's sort of internal monologue about what am I doing what would Cheryl think? Yeah. It's the thing that most comes from the musical form. Yeah. 
Like, we aren't cross-cutting to another place. She's there in the room, but she's yeah. not really there in the room. Yeah. And it's it's a, a brilliant sort of tribute to the form, I think. Yeah. I really like that it's moment. It's really good. And it's, like, one of those things where, like, uh, Tony, you know, st- acknowledges that she's there, mm-hmm. but then has to, like, snap herself out of it and goes to, like, continue on with this threesome. Into reality, yes. quote-unquote. And, and right when uh, Tony, or when Peaches and Cream and Sweet Pea are like, this works for me, like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony's like, nope, sorry, can't do this. And she leaves them as they stand there on stage in their underwear. They're, they're under things. Like, this stage, we haven't mentioned, is fully illuminated. Yes. As if they're about to start doing a tech rehearsal. Yes. This is bad timing for your sex. Either that, or they have a really bad crew who keeps forgetting to turn the lights off. Do they not realize how much electricity those lights use? Their it, budget is unlimited. It gets so hot. That that is evidence Stage point number three. They are gonna burn out their gels. They are gonna burn their they're gels. They're gonna run out of gels. And then they're gonna pay for more because unlimited budget. That's four pieces of evidence. Case uh, closed. Meanwhile, in in the sex hole. Uh, Jughead is is sending the serpents out to look for the trailer, mm-hmm. and Betty's there, and he he asks Betty if sh- she wants to go hunting with him mm-hmm. in a very cute way. Yeah. It's very much like we gonna team up. It's it's all of the stuff that we've been missing all these weeks. Like yes. they've been saving up their cuteness. Yes, <laughs> um, and she lets him know that she can't because she found out that there's a closed rehearsal. She found out by eavesdropping. Yes, uh, a closed rehearsal for select cast members at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. She wants to uh, borrow Jughead's camera, mm-hmm. and they're just very cute little smooches. So oh, heart eyes. We follow Betty to the farm. Yes. And she's... At the sisters. Yes. New location. Farm HQ. Uh, She's sneaking in and she hears them performing one of the songs, Our Love is God. Yes. And I'm so upset at myself for not calling that this was how this song would be used. I mean, it's a song about a a strange devotion that the person singing does not realize how self-destructive it is. Yes. It, It fits really well. So she she peeks in and she sees Kevin and Fangs in the middle of the room on their knees singing to each other with Evelyn standing above them. She she's like low impact voguing yes. through the whole thing. And on the sides are rows of of people sitting with 3D glasses on. Like the dream sequence funeral from Heather's the film. Yes, and everyone is dressed in white. Uh I am with the plastic flowers too. Yes. Are Kevin and Fangs getting married? Are they farm married now? Is is it, this... It's what it kind of seems like, especially with um, what sections of the song they use and um, how. Yeah, I, I um, worship you. It it seems like they are either farmed married we'll or they have, here. have done some uh, strange we are now dating commitment ceremony. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're going to wear the promise rings now. It's weird, mm-hmm. but it is great. But weird. And uh, Betty takes lots of pictures of this, which she will take the next morning, because apparently you can get film developed overnight uh, in Riverdale. Jughead has the dark room. Yeah. So she she takes them to Weatherby uh, and is like, check this out. Heathers is being used to indoctrinate. Uh, new members. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, well, these boys look like they're just rehearsing for the play. I mean, yeah. He doesn't know the script. 
You should read the script, Weatherby. <laughs> um, and then we find out that Weatherby has been reading Edgar Evernever's writings, mm-hmm. his teachings. The Gospel of Eddie. And uh, he thinks it's quite good. Crack a book, Betty. Gosh. Betty is very terrified by this. Yes. So meanwhile, Archie is in his uh, his his new gym that he owns, and I realize that it is not a blood stain on the bottom of the ring. It is instead a red outline of like a, a lion. A lion rampant, like, like like in heraldry. Like rawr. Uh, I think it is a blood stain, and they just got really lucky it landed that way. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't get it out, and then they decided to make that the logo. Of uh, the El Royale Boxing Club. Yeah. Archie is wearing a matching shirt. There's also a flag of this line on the wall now. He's just went full merchandise right away. He found a footlocker somewhere in this abandoned, like, decrepit building. It's like, hey, merch, found it. Uh, so he is just, like, boxing the air. And uh, Josie comes in. Uh, I guess he, he texted her. And she wants to speak. But he's like, no, let me go first. Uh, and basically is like, you know, if, if you don't like me, fine. But if you like me, let's try to figure out like what this is, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and fight for us. Yeah. And of Which course. Which segues directly into fight for me. This is another example, I think, of them splitting the song makes it come across like a less toxic relationship. Yes. Because now it is the two of them wanting to be a partnership, turning it into du- a duet rather than Veronica looking at a kid, almost getting his ass kicked and thinking, that's hot as hell. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm going to fixate on you like a baby duck. Yeah. Um, I do really love uh, Josie's uh, gets to sing the line, wow, you can punch real good. <laughs> yeah, we all watched the last episode. Yeah. We know. We know. I really like Archie and Josie. Yeah. I really like Archie right now with this, like, relationship. I like it so much, I wish they didn't have this plot this episode. I wish they were just, like, square. I I like what they did with it. I like them so much, I wish they didn't have to have this negotiation. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, we're dating, and it's cool, and we like each other, and we like that we're dating. I just like how cute, like, they're so cute. (laughs) Archie's just so, like smitten i mean that's the point we are at the end of this song so i'm happy it was like a little unnecessary drama yes yes uh so tony uh goes to cheryl Mm -hmm. who is at home lounging in her best satin robe with a lidded white ceramic mug one of our few direct heathers (laughs) references and of course cheryl asks if that is filled with drain cleaner Mm -hmm. just to underline it if you didn't catch it i guess and Tony's like, what What are we fighting about? What is going on? Again, more Heather's film soundtrack in this scene. Yes. And and she asks Cheryl, what was love like in your family? Mm. And Cheryl talks about how <laughs> everything was all or nothing. I guess we already had that discussion ourselves in this episode. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, Cheryl describes Thornhill as a den of shadows and JJ was her only light. Yes. Again, not closing the door on the whole twin cest thing. Nope. Not not gonna slam that shut entirely. Cause she's comparing JJ to Tony a lot. <laughs> and that's a little strange. And she she talks though about how JJ left and then it seemed like Tony was leaving and she's like, But I didn't. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And then we we go catch up with uh Jughead and Betty. 
Mm -hmm. They have found the trailer and it has been turned into a drug making facility. Yeah, they they definitely visited the fire sale after the uh, Breaking Bad rap party, for sure. Yeah. Jughead is absolutely destroyed by this Mm -hmm. because it's his childhood home and um, his mom has just destroyed everything. Yeah. What looked like the family being happy and together again was the the most devious Trojan horse, to make it even worse. Yes. And he says, how did we get here? We used to be worried about who would sit next to us on the bus, not about drug lord mothers and Betty interjects or serial killer fathers. (laughs) Cheryl's dad only killed one guy. He's not so bad. (laughs) This is the thing. He takes his hat off. That's how you know it's serious. You know it's serious. And he gets very teary Mm -hmm. and is like, what are we going to do? And it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. He has not been this beaten since uh, FP was arrested. Yes. This this is that type of like beaten down. Mm -hmm. So it's been what, 35 (laughs) chapters or more since we've seen Jughead this low? (laughs) So this is when we get a song. 17. This is a song that uh, I've laden superlatives upon uh, yeah. every time it's come up, even in our Glenbrook bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> and for good reason, because this is the goddamn best scene that the television program so... Riverdale has produced in 51 it's chapters. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it's incredible. So yes, th- this is the song where the characters plead, can't we be 17? Can't we just do the things that 17-year-olds do? Can't we make brownies and, like, go to the movies and just do that? Uh, it's this call to a normal life instead of whatever wild-ass shit the characters are doing. They, they drop the opening lines that are about the plot of Heathers, yeah. smartly, uh, <laughs> and, and get to the, the universal feeling of it. Yeah. Betty starts it by singing to Jughead. Mm-hmm. Um, We start throughout the song, though, to get cuts to Tony and Cheryl also Mm -hmm. singing it. And Cole Sprouse joins us in song. Surprisingly well. Yes. He he acquits himself nicely. Yes. He's a singer on the the technical level of KJ Appa, I would say. He should not be so scared. (laughs) If you don't want to, you don't want to. But he doesn't have anything to be embarrassed about. No. No. He's he's fine. Yeah. he, He did a good job. He did better the more they went on because yes. his belt was stronger than like his low uh, uh, build up lines for sure. Yes, yes. But I, I was like, and who cares how good your beginning is if you hit that fucking crescendo that makes my soul soar? Yeah, gives me chills no matter the cast, no matter the context. Well, and like the scene is just so well acted between yes. everything. Both, both that it's pairs, like both it, couples. They could have all been singing terribly. It wouldn't have mattered with that <laughs> exactly. acting. Exactly. The song is that good. The framing is that good. Yes. it's It was just a beautifully perfect scene. As, and like the way the, the, the two couples come together mm-hmm. and like this ending um, embrace by, by mm-hmm. Jughead and Betty is like everything we've wanted for so long i mean when they've been doing all this stuff apart as as much as we flip our shit over the the wild ass garbage that happens on this show any given week Mm -hmm. 
what makes it worthwhile, what what keeps us engaged and, and makes us want to bring our love to the world via this show <laughs> is the moments where the characters get to just have feelings. Yes. Have powerful, honest feelings at each other. Yes. And that's why this is the best Riverdale scene ever. It's just, it's so good. I feel like there, it was, it was just so nice to have such an extended amount of time. Yes. From This is another song they do almost all of it. Yes. They do practically all of this song. That scene's long from starting with them and the, in the trailer mm-hmm. and what this emotional breakdown and then this this the song and then when we come back from commercial we are still with Jughead and Betty yes. in the diner trying to come up with the plan of what's next. Mm-hmm. And Jughead is still very broken and he's like, "Well, maybe I can like steal the trailer during the show." And Betty's like, yeah. "Maybe you're being too emotional about it." Look, I did some stuff, Cheryl did some stuff. Do you want to join the club? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The fact that we allow it to be so much time mm-hmm. is also what makes it great. We're not jumping. I think this is even the the one song, maybe two if you count Beautiful, where they introduce the point of the song. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a small framing moment where Kevin is talking about it as the emotional core of the show yeah. to uh, Josie and Sweet Pea in rehearsal. Yeah. We never see them sing, no. but we do see a lovely uh, rack focus Dutch angle shot of hands going over the piano just to lead us in and i think that's really sweet and nice i think their voices do join Mm -hmm. at one point in the big crescendo crescendo, their their voices do come in but we don't see them right and that's okay it's lovely it it makes a lovely sonic moment without stealing the the dramatic spotlight from the other two pairs when they went to the commercial break out that's when i like tweeted like I just need to talk about this. <laughs> and we have at length. <laughs> Veronica goes to see Hiram, mm-hmm. asks him to come home. Yes. Uh, and he lets her know that, well, the real reason they're getting a divorce is because he found out Hermione tried to have him killed. Twice. twice. Uh, and Veronica cannot believe this. Even though she kind of knew. And he's like, well, it's the truth. And she, she tries to, like, no, but you've always said family. Family's the most important thing. He's like, well, family's built on trust, and you <laughs> both have betrayed that. So, bye, bitch. Yeah, Veronica, you do not, as, as much as you might want to in, in your grief over your, <laughs> this relationship, you can't paint him as the bad guy for leaving someone who tried to murder him twice. <laughs> Paid people to murder him twice, but still. Yeah. He is justified. With one thing. <laughs> this one time, he's justified. Uh, so we, we go to rehearsal where uh, Kevin is is going to have Veronica practice her solo. Mm. Um, and he's like, well, I was going to give you a talk about channeling, you know, things to channel this devastating loneliness your character feels. But I think you're already there. So just go. That's the difference between him and Evelyn. Yeah. He recognizes the like, safety think, of his his cast, you know, emotional space. Like, I think I think you're good. Yeah. I think we're fine. Okay. So she does. She does. She sings. She sings Lifeboat. Yes. It's lovely. It's a lovely song. She does a great job. She she gets her own solo acting moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's really all that happens. It's all that happens, but it's good. It's good. I, I think it'll be a song that stands up really well on the eventual cast recording yeah. release. Because you know there's going to be one. Oh, yeah. They did one last year, and this one's going to be better. Yes. 
They they knew what they were doing this time. I feel like it. You can tell that they had a very clear vision. Practice makes perfect. Yep. Uh, so Veronica goes to the speakeasy where her parents are both waiting for her. Mm-hmm. And she reassures them that she is not parent trapping them. By which she means sealing the entrance with concrete to trap her parents. Yes. Uh, Instead, she would like them to come to opening night of the show together to make one last family memory. They have printed tickets that look like they came from Ticketmaster in the mail. Yeah. Unlimited budget! (laughs) At what was the Cooper household, but is now the Jones household, uh, FP... Catching up with the Joneses. FP comes home. Mm Mm-hmm. After uh, a werewolf attack. Yeah, his face is all fucking scratched up. And apparently it was a fizzlehead who was playing G&G <laughs> in the middle of a road. And uh, Gladys is just like, oh yeah, those drugs are terrible. Oh, I sure hate drugs. Drugs are bad. Drugs are oh so bad. Oh, those drugs. As they're taking care of his face, Jughead and Betty skadoot out to go take care of something before the show to get there early. Gladys is a little suspicious. And they're like, like, they have to put costumes and shit on. Betty has hair and makeup to do. This is not unusual. (laughs) Oh, you get to the show like two hours before it starts. Come on. So uh, it is backstage at the show. And I love the Evelyn. I love that Evelyn is running around trying to get people to sign her program. Mm-hmm. Like you do. Uh-huh. Like you do in high school theater. I love that Kevin demonstrates he only has that one tuxedo. That one suit. If you only have one tuxedo, why is it the blue frilly one <laughs> that we've seen at least three times I can call to mind? I really want to rewatch these shots of everyone backstage because mm-hmm. I love Fangs doing like a jumping out shakeout to try yes. to like get rid of his nerves. Yes. And I love Reggie who's just like fixing his hair. It's all so honest. Yeah. And like, you know, this is from experience, right? Th- these are definitely high school theater kids. Oh, yeah. That's why they're television actor young adults. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah. You you can imagine them doing the exact same or uh, if they're playing a character that is not who they are personally. Like, I remember that guy in sophomore uh-huh. year. There, there's this very heartwarming sense to it all. Yes. My favorite part, though, is Tony and Cheryl. Cheryl has just applied mm-hmm. some uh, lipstick and she's like, blot! And they smooch. <laughs> That's the her blotting. Yeah. Is smooching. If you want to read into it, there is a weird symbolism there with Tony as like a disposable. As toilet paper? Yeah, that's, that's a little messed up. But it's kind of cute. Let's, let's, not, let's not go there. So uh, Betty and Jughead get there. Um, they are covered in soot. Yes. It is like that scene in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh-huh. After the cross burning. Uh-huh. They're covered. <laughs> and Kevin's like, what the fuck? And they're like, oh, we just had to make a stop. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> but they're like so cute about it. It's like they're mm-hmm. they're just like, they know a secret and they got it and they love each other. Did you take a stop at Guy Fox Day? <laughs> Kevin's like, okay, fine. Just get into costume and make sure he knows his line for the finale. And Jughead's like, what? I'm not in the show. I like to pretend that this is how they told Cole Sprouse he had a singing role yes. in this year's episode. I like to think that they filmed this the scene first, and then he was like, what? <laughs> what? Did none of you listen to me? I also like to think that Lily Reinhardt was the reason that Cole Sprouse sang is because she used her girlfriend powers to be like, hey, mm-hmm. you're going to sing with me. 
It's going to be great. This is my dream. Um, it was my dream, too. <laughs> Thank you. For the finale, all of them are in costume. Jughead's Dan- costume is just something else he wears on a normal day. It's just a plaid shirt. <laughs> I, a different well, S shirt. And I saw this, like, a picture yes. of this scene. This was a promotional yes. image. I thought for sure that he would go was going to have to become JD. After uh, uh, Sweet Pea was unable to, like... He was too emotionally wrecked by Josie, and he had to leave the production. Mm -hmm. So then Jughead had to play him, because I thought he looked like him. This episode is so not concerned with the mechanics of putting on a show. No. The plot of the show they're putting on, especially when compared to, say, the Carrie the Musical episode. Yes. But it uses the emotional beats and the music of that show to such great effect. Yes. Um, so they're all standing on stage, very Rent-centric with the mm-hmm. lights and then a row. I love the staging of this finale. I will tell you, the listener, why after you describe it, dear. Okay. They uh, all sing different lines. Mm-hmm. They break up the lines. To 17 reprise, the finale yes. from Heather's the Musical. Yes. And the lines are so well assigned to the people saying them. Mm-hmm. Jughead's is brand new sheriff came to town. <laughs> Get it? He's taking over, bitch. Take that, mom. I thought it was because of his dad. Well, I th- originally it's, thought because of his dad. It's but a then double I, thing. But then I was like, wait, no, it's because he's taking control and he's going to run his mom out of town. Like mm-hmm. he's the sheriff. That's what, Yeah. But th- this is the the backing to our meanwhile, or, or I guess short-term flashback yes. scene. And we uh, go to Jughead and Betty uh, sitting in the car, watching the trailer in flames as it like glows on their face, covered in soot. They make out like there's well, no tomorrow. Well, they have to first drink their Slurpees. Yes, they have to drink their slushies and, and then, then make out well, like there's no tomorrow. You're getting ahead of yourself. I just want to make out well, like there's no I, tomorrow. I want to talk about how Betty asks if he's doing okay. And he says, I'm surviving because you're here with me. And then, and then? they make out like crazy. Okay. Whew, I was worried. As the camera then cuts to a reverse shot, we see them ahead of us in silhouette looking at the fire. And uh, the the camera backs away until the gasoline can is taking up uh, uh, the the left side of the screen. It's so good. And on stage, they like grab each other's hands like Mm -hmm. we've made it. We did this. The finale is still continuing and you're seeing the staging that I really enjoy. Everyone is stripping off their uh, Heather's costume pieces to reveal their personal costumes their, yes. their own personal their own looks clothing. uh betty is wearing one of her iconic sweaters with the, the, crown. the crown uh veronica is wearing one of her iconic blouses with the the decorated collar everyone is Jughead very puts much his hat back on everyone's very much themselves yes and i think that that says a lot about the the parallels they were trying to draw between the characters and the of uh, their other characters but also i think it says a lot about kevin's dramatic project as a director yes (laughs) like by by splitting this song that is veronica singing about trying to to tear down the exploitative popularity caste system and dividing it between everyone it's a statement of you know the teens of riverdale high trying to make peace and bury hatchets because their town is too fucking crazy to survive yes he he turned kevin turned heather's the musical into a protest show yes and 
Oh, Kevin, my sweet baby child. They also, during it, like, cut to several faces in the audience several times, including mm-hmm. FP, who I feel like was just watching in awe of yes. his little baby boy up there singing. Yes. It was very sweet. But yes, so they, they finish, and there is silence, until one person starts clapping. A very awkward clap. A sarcastic slow clap. And then they stand up, and it is Edgar, the Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> Can I just say, every other parent in this entire town is garbage. What else? Why aren't you clapping? Your kids just put on a show. Because that wasn't an ending where you're like, was that the end? Is it over? It's that a, was very much the end. It's like the most obvious finale you've ever seen. Let's think about it. FP, very proud to see his son engage in, in this show, but not proud enough to clap. You're going to have to earn my applause, boy. Penelope Blossom, we know for a fact she loves Heather's The Film. Yeah. She talked about it during the Midnight Club. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to clap, though. By the way, Heather's came out in 1988. How could she have known about it if FP just turned 50 unless he was held back a lot of times? Don't get me started on this timeline. <laughs> <sighs> These are the things that keep someone up at night. So Edgar stands up. Evelyn on stage is like, I knew my dad would like it. <laughs> All she wants is for her dad to be proud of her. But yet everybody who, who joins his standing ovation is they're all dressed in like whites and creams and off whites. And they're all doing that like. Bah, bah. It's very creepy. And everyone on stage is fucking freaked out. <laughs> Because there's just these farmies scattered throughout the audience doing this fucking creepy clap. Yes. And there's this realization going on, of course, on Betty, but pretty much everyone else on stage really confused. Mm-hmm. And the people in the audience that are not clapping are also very confused. Yes. And it really has to do with that creepy clap. Because <laughs> it's not normal clapping. It is. It is a strange, like... It's that it's that thing where it was like it was very patterned out, but then it started speeding up. But it was like a demanding. But it still thing. held the pattern. It didn't break out into like honest yeah, applause. It was it was completely synchronized. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, it, it was the beginning of a hockey chant. Yeah, that's the end. That's the end. So, darling, what'd you think? I loved it. Like nothing really happens. <laughs> very little plot is advanced. We we burned a drug lab. Some parents got separated. I mean, things happen, but Archie like, and Josie's relationship got to the point I thought it was already at. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but that's twelve minutes in any other yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why it's like that. Didn't nothing really happen. First off, they knew how to handle a musical episode so much better this time. Mm-hmm. I think they utilized the music so much better for storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I love the moments we got with characters. Yes. I love, as we talked about for like probably 20 minutes, the, the <laughs> Jughead Betty, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Sherrill song. Yeah. I just really liked it. I found there were times where like I stopped taking notes because I was like, I just want, I just have to watch. I can't be distracted. What did you think? Uh, no, no, I thought this was fantastic as well. Uh, one thing I appreciated comparing it to uh, A Night to Remember, the Carrie episode, was that that episode really used the songs 
to advance relationships. Mm -hmm. Like there is a moment where like, there's a problem here. We immediately start singing by the end of the song. The problem is is resolved in one way or another. Yeah. In Big Fun, they, they developed that to a point where they would open the door. They would take the first step or two toward resolving the issue in dialogue to, to give greater context to the song and let the song be the the uh, uh, the climax of that emotion, the the crescendo yeah. of that change, and I think that's a more powerful way to use the music. Yeah, like if uh, you you could rewrite uh, the the song where Josie and Cheryl sort of buried the hatchet last year to use that same uh, uh, formula instead, mm-hmm. it would have been a stronger scene. Yeah. With Carrie, Mm -hmm. they obviously, Midge's death was like this huge ending. Yes. And I think like I was expecting probably a a gorier, bloodier something. Something gruesome. Some twist. Instead we got terror. Yes. This like, (laughs) what the hell is this? This fear of the unknown, this unease that you can't even explain. We can spend another hour trying to explain why this Clapping you ju- was weird. You just need you to watch the thirty seconds of clapping. <laughs> you need to see it to understand. It's such a different type of shock, mm-hmm. and I love that it's a different attempt. That they didn't just try try to go for the the shock factor right. of the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, especially also I- didn't strap a bomb to a kid. That might be a bit yeah. beyond the pale. Yeah, <laughs> even for this show. Well, and like I thought, I was curious. And we could get stuff in the future more with, like, the Midge ghost and everything, yeah, the hauntings. Yeah. But because they introduced that, I thought that was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we did. Mm-hmm. And I like that. We, we can bring that up in predictions if you want. But yeah. no, yeah. Dawn, it's, it's been a long time since we, we did a, a prepared segment. Yeah. So now we're going to do something else entirely. Okay. I was curious... For all of, of Betty's accusations, just how cultish have we seen the farm? Uh-huh. So I've got a checklist of cult characteristics in front of me. Oh, boy. And I'd like to run down them with you. See, okay. see how well the farm, as we've, as we've seen it so far, fits these descriptions. Okay. The group displays excessively zealous and unquestioning commitment to its leader, whether he is alive or dead, regards his belief system, ideology, and practices as the truth, as law. Yes. That is a big 10-4. Yes. Weatherby is now running his school in accordance with uh, farm philosophy. Yep. Questioning doubt and dissent are discouraged or even punished. Yep. How they've, well, told Betty she's a detractor mm-hmm. and how they shouldn't, like, be involved with her. How anyone who, like, starts to listen to her, they've been like, no, don't listen to her. <laughs> Mind-altering practices such as meditation, chanting, speaking in tongues, denunciation sessions, and debilitating work routines are used in excess and serve to suppress doubts about the group and its leader or leaders. Yes. There you go. I mean, we had all of uh, Evelyn's directorial workshops Mm -hmm. and, I mean, an actual drug trip foisted on one of the members. The leadership dictates, sometimes in great detail, how members should think, act, and feel. For example, members must get permission to date, change jobs, marry, or leaders prescribe what types of clothes to wear, where to live, whether or not to have children, how to discipline children, and so forth. Yep. The farm is determining the twins' vaccination schedule. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
I can't remember if we made that up or not, but it's still true either way. <laughs> the group is elitist, claiming a special exalted status for itself, its leader, and members. For example, the leader is considered the messiah, a special being. An avatar for the group and or the leader is on a mission to save humanity. Yeah. This one's kind of a gray area but for now, but they're leaning that way. Yeah. The group has a polarized us versus them mentality, which may cause conflict with the wider society. You don't say. (laughs) The leader is not accountable to any authorities, unlike, for example, teachers, military commanders or ministers, priests, monks, and rabbis of mainstream religious denominations. Who does Edgar answer to? No No one. one. The group teaches or implies that its supposedly exalted ends justify whatever means it deems necessary. This may result in members participating in behaviors or activities they would have considered reprehensible or unethical before joining the group. For example, firewalking, lying to family or friends, or collecting money for bogus charities. Yeah. Like squandering your kid's entire college fund. Yeah. The leadership induces feelings of shame and or guilt in order to influence and or control members. Often this is done through peer pressure and subtle forms of persuasion. Mm. Mm. So everybody, tell me your greatest secrets, and then I'm going to use them to blackmail your your family members yeah. who don't like that you're involved. Yeah, exactly. I think that one's a check. Yeah. The group is preoccupied with bringing in new members. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they every time we see the farm, they're growing. There, yeah. there are new faces in every background shot. Yes. Subservience to the leader or group requires members to cut ties with family and friends and radically alter the personal goals and activities they had before joining the group. Yep. Look at Alice's entire wardrobe change. Yeah. The group is preoccupied with making money. Mm, we haven't, like, directly seen that. Except for Betty's college fund. Except for Betty's college fund, but... Members are expected to devote inordinate amounts of time to the group and group-related activities. I mean, they all live there. (laughs) (laughs) Members are encouraged or required to live and or socialize only with other group members. There you go. There you go. There's nothing on this list about intentionally drowning your mother, so I'm not sure if the farm counts as a cult or not. Uh, that, that seems like it would be on the list if it was important. So, but uh, here, here's the, the kicker, the final item. The most loyal members, the true believers, feel there can be no life outside the context of the group. They believe there is no other way to be and often fear reprisals to themselves or others if they leave or even consider leaving the group. I think, I think that's the big one that really applies to the farm. I but, think they all apply to the farm. I think they are, yeah, to some degree or another. But I think that last one and a few of the others really apply to the serpents. Uh, what doesn't is everything about revering the leader. Because they're always fucking trying to backstab or go behind yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever happens to be in charge. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the serpents are... <laughs> they're a dedicated in-group. Yes. They are not a cult. They are not a cult. There are a lot of dedicated in-groups in Riverdale. Yes. There's only one cult. Yes. For now. Wait till season four. There's going to be warring cults. Well, I mean, the Griffins were a cult. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a cult. They might be the same cult. Because they worship. They've, they've been hinting. Yes. That's true. I was true. hinting that way back when. Well, you're very good at watching television. Yeah, though. remember if that comes true, I am on a streak of predictions. 
Speaking of predictions, Cult dear. Cult in the woods, y'all. Cult in the woods. Speaking of predictions, yeah. dear. What have you got for us? Midge's ghost mm-hmm. or hallucination will come back. Mm-hmm. Either just because Evelyn keeps giving Kevin drug-filled brownies <laughs> or, well, now that Fangs is in it too, I think I think this is going to be some type of mental thing they're doing, whether it's drugs or... Some manner of mind games. Yeah. Perhaps that, assisted by maple mushrooms. That makes them think it. I think it could lead to something really extreme. Mm-hmm. Like self-harm or or could be like attempted suicide because that's what the cult says they should do yes to like cleanse themselves of their sins Mm because they feel they're guilty of yeah 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 fire walking wasn't enough to to clean midge off your soul yeah it's time for a baptism so i i think that fangs and kevin are at risk i think riverdale high is going to become a charter school which is a front for the farm Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We've done private prisons. Let's dismantle the the public school system as well. We already closed one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's stay topical. I think Gladys is going to find out what Jughead and Betty did. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go very well for them. (laughs) No. Uh, I think there's going to be some crime deal or business deal or crime business deal that makes uh, Hermione and Hiram have to act like they're still a happy couple. Have to keep on a, a, a smiley face in, in public. Yeah. Whether that leads to them patching up or one of them putting the other in the hospital again, I don't know. But there, there's going to be a, a fake marriage. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I gotta be quite, I'm quite surprised that Hermione's alive. <laughs> I thought for sure we were gonna find out that she was killed. Not it yet. could still happen. Evelyn, we are going to find out, has some really big daddy issues. Yeah. There's going to be a huge break for her later um, when she fails at getting her father's approval. Oh, um, like, that's going to destroy her. Yeah. Well, because like, like, she's like, oh, like he liked it. And yeah, like that whole thing. She's I th- over the moon as soon as he starts doing the world's worst class. Yes. I think her whole existence is built upon wanting to please him and follow his every step and rule. Yeah, that, and that's I think, in the checklist. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's going to be... A moment where something happens and he's like, you've disappointed me or you're not worthy or something. And it will be either the ending of Evelyn mm-hmm. and she needs rescuing or she betrays him Ooh. and teams up. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Why do the hot dads of Riverdale have to be so evil sometimes? It's okay. He's not the hottest dad. <laughs> uh, I think our next episode will start with Kevin and Fangs getting a joint checking account. <gasps> Maybe, maybe looking at vacation properties. With a third signer of the farm. <laughs> they're going to hook up, mm-hmm. but then they're going to have some some difficulties because of Joaquin. I'm just going to keep connecting it back to Joaquin. Yeah. But Yeah, we know. But, like, they both were, like, really affected by it. Yes. What if, what if that becomes... <gasps> what if... Okay, so they have their emotional stuff over Midge. What if it then comes out with, like, also they feel like they're betraying Joaquin with their relationship? <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to talk about Joaquin again. Why not? I was shocked to see Midge. Yeah. And I really enjoyed seeing Midge. I'm like, hey, she got a, a day rate. That's great. Yeah. I really liked her actor. Well, darling, I think that brings us to uh, talk about what we know. 
is going to happen in our next episode. Next week, Chapter 52, The Master, named for the, the Paul Thomas Anderson film about a uh, fictionalized version of, of Scientology. Oh, it's so perfect. The title or the movie? The title. Okay. And what it's about being connected to this. Does this mean there will be a scene where Amy Adams gives someone a painful handjob? She should have got the Oscar for that one. Maybe. Ooh, maybe (laughs) Evelyn gets her first boyfriend. (laughs) She doesn't know what to do. (laughs) Just kind of twists a lot. Ah. Pokes. Pokes. (laughs) I don't don't like this. I don't like this. Tickle, tickle. I don't like this. But anyway, in the trailer, we see that there is going to be a big raid in uh, a new gargoyle den. Uh, Archie's helping out. Uh, Somebody's shooting at Jughead, and Kurtz throws Jughead out a window. Does he throw him, or does Jughead grab him? Well, the way it's shown in the trailer is uh, Jughead grabs Kurtz from behind. Kurtz says he's ready to ascend, kicks off a desk, and throws both of them out the window. Jughead gets threatened by his mom. Ooh, look, my prediction's coming true. She is promising retribution. Uh, Edgar is chilling out in the new farm HQ mm-hmm. in a leather jacket, foregoing the, the white uniform. Uh, Jughead is questioning whether Betty uh, should be sneaking into the farm. We know she's going to be sneaking into the farm. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you say. She's going to sneak into the farm. Yes. And that's what we know. That's what we know. Because it's a very fast trailer. Well, thank you, everybody, for for following us on this, our most autobiographical episode of Sex, Archie. <laughs> We've left a lot of stuff out there, dear. Yep. <laughs> Learned so much about us in these episodes. But uh, th- I think this is an episode that's going to be a personal favorite. Certainly personal favorite moments. Yes. And a- as long as they keep iterating on their use of musicals, and finding ones that, that they can use to highlight the, the character drama they're already doing. They can do this as often as they like, and I will not care. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Just keep them coming. As, as long as it continues to be a step above last time every time, who could possibly complain? There are people. Yeah. So uh, be sure to leave us a rating and review. On iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast listening device you choose. Thank you very much for doing so. We do appreciate it. And I love reading them. I love reading them so much. You can also tell a friend. I love your friends. I love your friends so much. Uh, but yes, word of mouth is uh, the best way we have to, to grow and meet new people. People who love teens letting all of their big feelings fly out of their hearts through their throats and across piano keys. That's who we're looking for. Yes. You can also follow us on Twitter. At sex underscore Archie. You can also find us at C2E2 this weekend. That is true. And we're going to be giving out gifts. If you are a season two fan, you can get some jingle jangle off of us. We're giving away the surprise. And we will be your fizzle rocks hookup if you're more of a, a season three bro. Come find us. Get your fix. <laughs> on Saturday, we'll probably be camping out on the main stage because it really is like back-to-back, thing we want to see, thing we want to see, thing we want to see. It's just the way they scheduled it. Yep. But we're there all three days. We'll be sharing where we're at, where to find us. Uh, so with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. Are all of you this miserable? Sugar. Ah. Uh.
honey, honey. You are my yeah. candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, with your queen. Sugar. Oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And, and you, you got, got me. me. 